Our first scripture is from Psalm 25, verses 1 through 10. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore the Lord instructs sinners in God's ways. God guides the humble in what is right and teaches them God's way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the demands of God's covenant. Our second scripture is from Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 15. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. These are our sacred stories. Thanks be to God. Oh, my friends, I pray that you are okay. I pray you are warm and that you have water. I pray these crippling days have not crushed you and that if they have and you are crushed, that you will remember that we are here. We love you. Please call me or your deacon or a covenant friend. We will be with you wherever you are. We will not tell you that this is okay or that you are okay because this is not okay and you get to feel however you feel. We will tell you that we love you that you are not alone even if you are by yourself. You're not alone because you have an entire church full of people who love you and care about you. Oh my friends, I pray you feel the connection we have with each other. A connection that is strained by lack of physical contact for almost an entire year. Strained and stretched and present. We are connected to each other. Please know that I have held each one of you in my heart. I've prayed for you and for everyone in our city and state. Oh, my friends, I am so angry. Jim Blackburn wrote, the basic problem is that ERCOT is flawed Profiteering off electricity should be outlawed. 
Protecting the public should be the focus. We've been frozen by greed is my diagnosis. Frozen by greed. I keep thinking of the line from Madeline Lingle's A Wrinkle in Time. Mrs. Watson whispers, stay angry, little Meg. You will need all your anger now. This quote is almost exactly in the middle of the novel. The first half of the novel, Meg is angry, but her anger is non-productive. Her anger is tied to her grief, confusion, helplessness, and sadness. When Mrs. Watson whispers, stay angry, little Meg, you will need your anger now. Meg's anger is channeled into productivity. It becomes an asset. By the end of the novel, it is Meg's anger and her ability to use it to create change that allows her to outwit an evil being and save her family. It's Meg's anger and her ability to use it to create change. Oh, my friends, we need our anger now. We need to channel it into demands for change. We cannot allow ourselves to go back to normal and just hope something like this doesn't happen again. We had the opportunity to learn from a cold weather event in 2011 and we didn't. Texans have died trying to keep themselves and their families warm. These horrific days were preventable. We must stay angry and demand change. Oh, my friends, I am so sad. So much suffering, freezing, no water, no comfort. So many with new devastations on top of what was already impossible. So many on the cusp of economic disaster are now facing emergencies. They have no more savings to cover. So many pushed beyond their ability to keep going, keep trying, keep struggling. So many suffering. I am so sad. And I'm sure you are sad too. We were already holding so much grief and pain and now we have even more. This is the first Sunday of Lent. I feel like we never left the Lent that began last year. Lent is 40 literal days, not counting Sundays, but the Bible uses 40 in a much more metaphorical way. Turning the pages of the Bible, we find example after example of experiences lasting 40 days or 40 years. Each experience of 40 days or 40 years is a time of trial, of struggle, of suffering, of endurance. The 40 days of Lent are connected to Jesus's 40 days of fasting and temptation in the wilderness. Moses and Elijah also fasted 40 days in the wilderness. The Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. 
And then once they reached the promised land, Moses sent in spies for 40 days to investigate the land. Jonah warned Nineveh of their coming destruction for 40 days. The prophet Ezekiel lay down on his right side for 40 days to bear the iniquities of the people. Goliath taunted the Israelites for 40 days before David took up his slingshot. Once Noah finished the ark, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. There are more examples, and maybe each of these stories from among our sacred stories refers to a literal 40 days or 40 years in that one case. But I'm guessing that much like other numbers in the Bible, that 40 is used to symbolize, to symbolize a time of trial rather than to record a literal period of time. If our experiences this week were being passed orally from one generation to the next and then were finally recorded, this week might become 40 days in the story. It has certainly felt like much longer than a week to me. 40 days is not just significant because of Lent and the many stories in the Bible using 40. Did you know that quarantine means 40? The first known use of the word dates to the 14th century and comes from Latin and Italian words that both mean 40. During the mid-14th century in Europe, the bubonic plague, infamously known as the Black Death, was ripping through the continent. Officials in Venetian-controlled port cities passed a law establishing a 30-day period of isolation for ships arriving from plague-affected areas. Many other cities adopted similar measures, and within a century, cities extended the isolation period from 30 to 40 days, and the term quarantine was born. According to Science Friday, no one knows for certain why the isolation period was extended to 40 days. Scholars do have a few hunches. There's a lot of cultural meaning packed into the number 40. Plenty of biblical events draw upon the number, as I mentioned before. Other scholars suggest that perhaps it was simply thinking that 30 days wasn't quite enough time to burn out the disease. It's arbitrary in a lot of different ways, says science historian Carl Aubin. Why 40 instead of 30 or 50? The terms of the practice were fickle. In some cases, the clock on quarantine wouldn't even start until the disease had run its course, so people often weren't quarantined for exactly 40 days. We have certainly not been quarantined for exactly 40 days. In fact, it's been closer to 400 days, and sometimes it feels like 40 years. But here we are. We've lived through what feels like 40 days of no power and no water and a feeling of such helplessness. We've been in quarantine not 40 days, but closer and closer to 400 days, and I'm not sure that I need the 40 days of Lent to be added on. I'm good. Thanks. I'm very aware of my mortality. 
I'm doing plenty of reflection on the meaning of life already. For many Christians, the season of Lent is a time to give something up. Frankly, since many of us have already given up physical contact with others, and in these days, electricity and water, I'm not sure this year, when Lent falls in quarantine, I'm not sure we need to give anything else up. If giving something up for Lent is a spiritually meaningful practice for you, by all means do so. And this year, at least for me, I'm hoping to survive Lent. I'm hoping to work for justice. I'm hoping to be less judgmental, to speak with kindness to myself and to others. I'm hoping to listen. I'm hoping to be more compassionate. Last year, last year, Ash Wednesday was February 26th. We began virtual worship on March 15th, the third Sunday of Lent. Our first communications to you said that we would not meet in person for two weeks. Two weeks. I will only speak for myself, and I often feel that the Lent that began in 2020 has yet to give way to Easter. It is overwhelming to find ourselves in the Lenten, to find ourselves in the Lenten season for a second time since the pandemic hit. With many of us finding either much, much more or much, much less time for quiet, contemplative spiritual disciplines. So many have died and are dying from COVID. And the pandemic limits our rituals. We're struggling to honor those who've died. And we are creating new rituals. We are finding new ways to connect. We are forging new paths through this uncharted wilderness. These 40 days of Lent, these days of quarantine, have certainly been, like the biblical examples, days of suffering and trial. And so I have to remind myself and my friends, I'll remind you too, God does not cause our suffering. Oh, my friends, God does not cause our suffering. God is not testing us or trying to teach us through our pain. When Reverend William Sloan Coffin's 24-year-old son died in a car crash, he said in the sermon he preached the Sunday after, he said, God doesn't go around this world with fingers on triggers, fists around knives, or hands on steering wheels. God does not cause tragedy. God does, I believe, weep with us, come into the pain with us, love us as we love each other. We are in a time of trial, and it is much longer than 40 days. We are in a time of suffering. 
Lent reminds us that we don't have to fear or hide from our weaknesses and vulnerabilities. We can find our strength in and through them. God is not causing our suffering and surely God is with us in our pain, in our struggles. Surely love is with us each moment of each day. However many literal or metaphorical days this Lent contains, however long this quarantine lasts, let's hold fast to each other through the new ways we're finding to connect. Let's lean into our grief and give ourselves space to feel the suffering and pain that we are enduring, the suffering of the world. And let's keep our anger. We will surely need it now. Let's channel our anger into work for change, into growth, into care for ourselves, each other, and our world. Oh, my friends, how grateful I am for you. How grateful I am for our community. How grateful I am that I am not alone and you are not alone.